foot, check your heading north, light heading at 074, check your altimeter set, 2946, corrected center point elevation, 0 feet. Check your barrel running 0, check your SCS 1230, 3034, check your field, check your speed up, lights out. Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Bob, Moe, up near the wind, John, two soldiers, five, we on the airfield and airspace, you are clear. The pilot in command is responsible. 14 CFR 91.3, the word responsibility comes before pilot in command authority, as it should be. This week we had a near miss. Your captain, me, the renegade aviator, responsible for this week. Maybe it was a failure to use and follow a checklist. For whatever reason, with no excuses, the pilot in command of this radio show did not push the right buttons in the right order, and you will hear it in the results of today's show. Fortunately, we use CRM, Crew Resource Management, by working together with my co-pilot on this show, Morrow was able to save me from a certain disaster. Fortunately, our passenger and our guest this week did not suffer, was kept safe, and sounds great. For my part in this, my responsibility, I will head to my safe space and hide from your criticism. <laughs> Light them up. Here we go. All right, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. I've got a special guest today, as always. I always have special guests because who wants to talk to me each and every week? I've got a personal friend of mine and somebody who is a mentor to the next generation of pilots, somebody who constantly reminds me to get my act together and do my job mentoring pilots as well. His name is Randy Dean, and Randy is a FedEx captain, has flown really, really big airplanes, all over this really, really big planet and spent lots and lots of time flying for FedEx and now is given back, is training, mentoring, coaching, helping that next generation of aviator. How is that, Randy? Welcome. <laughs> Good morning, Dave. It's really a pleasure to be with you this morning. In spite of the snow and rain that I had to drive through to get here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I made him come all the way down the hill out of the mountains. But uh, Randy, give us a little bit about your background, kind of where you started, how you got your start and what you did at FedEx. Well, I fell in love with flying about the time I was 19. I'd come back from a year of study in Germany right out of high school. And on my way over there, I took a Greyhound bus to New York and a ship to Amsterdam and a steam train across Europe to uh, Berlin. So I had to go through the communist East Zone at that time. It was pretty exciting. And coming back, uh, my grandfather lived in New York, and he said, well, look, you can spend five more days with me by not spending it on the bus, and I'll buy you an airline ticket and fly you home. So on the appointed day, I went out to Buffalo Airport and got on a DC-6, and I was immediately captivated by the whole experience before we ever even took off as they ran up those big R-2800 Prats. And what followed was a trip to Chicago. I got on a Boeing 707. So this is the very early days, 1964, 65, early days of jet travel, basically. And I landed in LA and my parents picked me up and 
one of the questions my dad had for me is, did I know what I wanted to do? And I said, well, I think I just discovered it on that flight. I want to do that. We said, what do you mean? I said, I want to fly those things. And that's defined my life pretty much ever since. It's interesting you say that because everybody we talk to that's had great success in life has had a family member, usually a parent or a grandparent, that enabled them, I guess is the way to say it, is to let them experience the bug. So you experienced the bug back in the 60s, and I'm sure it was really easy from there on out, right? Everything, all the doors just opened for you, and it was so easy. <laughs> well, I, in some ways, it's easier than it was today from a financial point of view, especially. I took flying lessons at a place called Whiteman Air Park near Van Nuys Airport in Southern California, and I rented a 1959 Cessna 150 for $3.50 an hour dry, and Avgas was 33 cents a gallon or something like that at the time. So anyhow, dual instruction, the instructor was getting $2 an hour, was about $8 an hour. And I was earning at my job as a ramp rat for Pacific Southwest Airlines, PSA, $320 a month. So it was easily affordable. Then today, kids have to be a little bit more inventive to figure out how they're going to get over the financial thing, but it's doable. You just have to be motivated. Well, you, so you started, you started taking your pilot lessons and where did you go from there? I mean, what brought you into commercial aviation specifically? Were you a military pilot before you went into the airlines? Yeah, well, I got my private pilot's license in uh, 1966 and got a, an associate of arts degree uh, from a junior college in Southern California. And then, you know, we had the first fuel crisis hit and the airlines were laying off. So a friend of mine told me about a Coast Guard program and I joined and went down to Pensacola for the full Navy treatment, except I didn't get aircraft carrier called. About a year later, I pinned on my Navy wings and flew in the Coast Guard for about five, five and a half years, I think. When I got out, I went to work for a small FAA Part 135 commuter called Sierra Pacific Airlines, which was operating out of Bishop, California in the Owens Valley. And their primary mission was hauling skiers from L.A. to Mammoth. From that, I was constantly at the West Imperial Terminal in Los Angeles, which is the charter terminal at the time. I'd see frequently this big 63 stretch DC-8 park next door, and the crew was just getting off. And the ca I walked up to the captain and uh, told him I, was, I really was an admirer of his airplane. He said, well, do you want to see it? Come on up to the cockpit. So I went up there, and he said, look, what's your background? And I told him, and he said, we're hiring, but you need a flight engineer's ticket to come to work for us. And he said, here's my name and number. And he said, "You call, his name was Bailey Pendergrass, and he was the only black pilot they had at World Airways at the time, but he was so mentoring. And I called him a few times. I went and got my flight engineer's ticket, and soon I was being interviewed by World Airways, and I went to work for them as a second officer on a DC-8, which was like a dream come true at the time. What is a, um, for the people that don't know, a flight engineer? So, God, you know, there was a time when it took three pilots to fly an airplane. It was actually a time when it took four. Because <laughs> there was a navigator at one point. They gradually eliminated these positions, both technology and um, financial concerns of the companies did it. So... 
the navigators were first to go when we got inertial navigation units on airplanes. We didn't need them anymore. And so that allowed the pilots to claim, they said, well, we're doing the job of a navigator. So they got a few more bucks thrown into their hourly for that. And then the uh, engineers started going in the late 70s, I'd say. The uh, 737 actually had a flight engineer position on it that was, I don't know what you did in that position beyond turning on the landing lights, but it wasn't much. Then it was down to pretty much two pilots as we have today. And then you went into FedEx. So after World, you went into FedEx, but your entry into FedEx, you've explained to me before, was kind of a, I guess, a, a blessing or right time, right place or right place, right time. I was extremely lucky. World was foundering for a number of years. They actually didn't go out of business until like maybe four or five years ago, but they almost went out of business several times while I was there. And in 1986, I got a, a furlough notice from them that said, expect this to be a final furlough that you probably will never get recalled. I had a really good friend that worked at Flying Tigers that I had worked with at Sierra Pacific. I met him at Sierra Pacific. And this is kind of the other thing. Networking is really important in this business. His name is Steve Eckert, and he carried an application in for me. Now, he tried to talk me out of it because they'd just taken a 50% pay cut. And I said, yeah, but... I'm not earning anything. So 50% of your pay sounds pretty good to me right now. Well, you know what? We're coming up on the first break. So we're right where Randy's getting ready to go to FedEx. And there's a reason for this. There's a reason why I'm giving you this insight because we're talking about mentoring today. And we're talking to Randy because of the way he mentors the next generation of pilots. But you're going to have to stay tuned. Stand by. Commercial break. I'll be right back. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. Okay, units, travel plans. I need to be in New York on Monday, LA on Tuesday, New York on Wednesday, LA on Thursday, New York on Friday. Got it? Got it. Got it. So you want to work here? What really makes you think you deserve a job here? Well, sir, I think I'm like you. I'm good at figures and I have a sharp mind. Excellent. Can you start on Monday? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Without hesitation. Congratulations. Welcome aboard. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And in conclusion, Jim Bill Bob called. In this fast-moving, high-pressure, get-it-done-yesterday world, aren't you glad there's one company that can keep up with it all? You got a deal. Good. I'm putting you down to deal with Dick. Dick, what's the deal with the deal? Are we dealing? We're dealing. Dave, it's a deal with Don, Dork, and Dick. Dork, it's a deal with Dave, Dick, and Dave. Don, it's a Dork with Dick, Dave, and Dick. Gotta go, Dave. Disconnecting. Gotta go, Dick. Disconnecting. Gotta go, Dave. Pilots are cool. That's why I listen to David Costa. The Renegade Aviator. So stay right there. We'll be right back. After 10,000 hours of practice, the black belt is ready to begin learning. Do you want to be an elite level pilot? or just someone who flies airplanes? Want to improve safety, have more confidence, enjoy flying more? Do you know any elite performer who does not use a coach? Thought so. 888-366-5256. Say, hey, Dave, I want to be a black belt aviator, and we'll send you the details. 888-366-5256. <laughs> On air. Here he is, 
the renegade aviator, David Costa. All right, David Costa, segment two, Renegade Aviator with Randy Dean. Randy Dean is a former FedEx captain, senior captain with FedEx. And in the first segment, we talked a little bit about his background, but I want Randy to kind of take us through because people look at the high time jet captain, the guys like Randy that fly all over the world and do all this cool stuff. And they look at them as kind of, they didn't have any challenges or they came up and they were kind of blessed which, of course, any one of us who fly airplanes is blessed. We get it. But there's a few people, and Randy's one of them, that's actually willing to give back. And it's a wake-up call to you listening today because I'm going to say this a couple times in this show. If you want to do something in life, go out and find somebody. There's people out here like Randy looking to help you. So, Randy, as we ended the last segment, you're just getting into FedEx. And FedEx, for those of you that don't realize this, FedEx is the dream job for any airline pilot, wouldn't you say? I would say so. For pay and benefits, it's one of the best for sure. So I was fortunate. I got hired at Flying Tigers, and I was basically that company was acquired two years later by FedEx. And I have to say that I felt like I was one of the luckiest people in the world when I landed at FedEx through no particular work on my part. It was basically lady luck from the time I landed at Flying Tigers. I can say that FedEx is just a wonderful company to work for. No company is perfect. No place is perfect. But it's about as perfect as an airline job can get. And that's from, you know, pilots. We all complain, by the way, you know, especially (laughs) now Randy and I fly together in this nice Lear 60. And we still can complain. You know, it doesn't climb fast enough. You know, the... Our, I've our never st- complained about <laughs> that. <laughs> but Randy, you still own a GA aircraft. You own a really cool twin Comanche. That's correct. And you're out there in the airport. So after a hard day of flying, where do we find Randy sitting in Atlantic talking to the next generation of pilots? So Randy, you retired a couple of years ago and you haven't given up yet. You're still out there swinging. Yep. I'm loving every minute of it, actually. And my association with you has brought an additional level of enrichment to my life, basically, because uh, I really enjoy the part-time job that I have right now. He says enrichment. I don't know. That's the first <laughs> time I've heard anybody say it's enriching to fly with Well, <laughs> maybe not from the uh, financial point of view, but, but fr- from the professional point of view, it has been for sure. So you've picked multiple people. This is not just a one-off. I mean, there's people that go out there and say, oh yeah, I mentor people. And you go, really? Uh, Tell me about it. And they give you like a half of a person. You've done this time and time and time again. This is part of who you are. This is not a one-off. So kind of, you know, I I know I don't don't want to brag, but (laughs) people need to hear that heart and soul of a mentor, I guess. Well, Starting uh, probably at FedEx, because it's such a desirable job, I was running into people frequently when I jump seated with on commuter carriers or regional carriers, young people that would love to have a job at FedEx, and I would help them. I'd give them a card and say, call me and we can talk about it. And I'd seen them in action in the cockpit because I'd ridden with them. So I could honestly say that these people knew how to fly. So I'm over the years, over my 25 year span at FedEx, I probably helped uh, at least eight people get jobs there. And it was very satisfying to know that somebody else is going to be able to enjoy the same kind of career that I was enjoying. I got satisfaction from that and I still get satisfaction from it. 
basically, over the years, when I was coming up, I was being mentored by Bailey Pendergrass at World, guy named Gary who worked for TWA that I used to fly when I worked for Sierra Pacific would give us encouragement, and we treated him like he was a god. He was a TWA captain. He lived in Mammoth, so we brought him home from his trips. So there were a number of people like that, and then I wanted to be like them. You know, I wanted to do what they did for me. And It's tough because you find people that are out there. Everybody is, I guess, worthy of the opportunity but what do you find um, in mentoring the person? Obviously, it's a great thrill to do that and see the results. You and I both know one gentleman that's now, he's now an airline pilot, right? And just a couple of months ago, when I first met you, you came to me trying to get him to fly with me. That's right. Right? We ended up both flying <laughs> yeah. with you. It accelerated his career. He's a 21-year-old kid now with a fantastic job, and he's starting 737 training in two weeks. So he's on his way and he's loving the ride. But it's not an automatic. There's not magic pixie dust. There's not a magic wand. When you mentor someone, it's a two-way street, right? It's a give and take, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Uh, to find somebody that you want to mentor, you usually find an individual that's really motivated. Maybe they're struggling, but their passion is your passion. They want to be where you've been or where you're going. and for an individual like that, I just naturally have an inclination to want to reach out and help them any way I can with recommendations, let them call me for advice, or put them in touch with somebody that I know, them, like Dave Costa, for instance, that may be able to help them, you know, along the way, give them a lift. So... And he didn't even cry. He didn't even cry during the process. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, part of it is you can't find a mentor if you don't show up at an airport, right? So have you ever just run into somebody at the food store or has it really, did they have to take that first step, show up at the airport and be looking for people like yourself? No, that's absolutely correct. And uh, the uh, individual that I just mentioned is about to start 737 training. I ran into at Atlantic Aviation in conjunction with my twin Comanche. As I recalled, he was admiring my airplane and I said, well, do you want to go for a ride? And I think I was going down to Minden, Nevada, which is only about a 12-minute flight in a twin Comanche. And, and I think that uh, he hopped a ride with me, and that started the dialogue, basically. But I think that I meet a lot of people at airport like Reno, which is a, a significant regional airport. Smaller airports, it might be a little bit harder, but there's a constant flow of pilots in and out of Atlantic aviation there. And I like hanging out there just because I might meet somebody that had provide an opportunity for me to fly something like a Falcon, which I'd love to do at my advanced stage. And that's exactly where I'm going with that. So because you're a good mentor, you've been mentored, you still show up, you got to be open to the opportunity, open to the environment. I think that's what's so hard to get into people's heads. People show up, come out to the airport and take that first step. We've got another commercial break coming up. This is David Costa, the renegade aviator. Stay with me. Don't go anywhere. I'll find you. I still don't understand this. Abby has a mentor? Yes. And the mentor advises the protege. Is there any money involved? <laughs> no. So what's in it for the mentor? Respect, admiration, prestige. 
Would the protege pick up stuff for the mentor? I suppose if it was on the protege's way to the mentor, they might. Laundry, dry cleaning? It's not a valet, it's a protege. All right. Listen, I gotta get some reading done. You mind if I do this here? I, uh, I can't concentrate in my apartment. <laughs> Make aviation great again. David Costa, the renegade aviator, will be right back. He told me to say that. You know, uh, I'm not just a dashingly handsome pilot without a big ego. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm a sales and marketing guy, too. Shocking, I know. This radio show and my jet air show act is fun, but it really is about exposure and sales for your business. Millions of impressions to the people who want to do business with you. 888-366-5256. 30-plus years of sales and marketing. Call me. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away Come No, David, I don't know why the FAA called. They just said they wanted to talk to you about that flyby. Oh, the host of The Renegade Aviator, David Costa. All right, David Costa, The Renegade Aviator. Are you still there? You better be still there. We're back talking to Randy Dean and Randy, former FedEx pilot, current Learjet pilot, flown albatrosses, uh, flown for the Coast Guard and flies a really cool for those GA guys twin Comanche. So he is still flying day in and day out, and he's still out there helping people and mentoring people. That's what I tell each and every one of you pilots out there. You can be the catalyst that helps the next generation. I'm going to word this wrong, but what makes a person worthy of your mentorship? Passion for flying, passion for aviation. In other words, it's a problem in my family sometimes. My wife wonders, why do I have to go to the airport every day? And I don't have to go to the airport every day. It's just kind of where I end up and enjoy being. It's an exciting place for me. And for the kind of individual that I want to help, it's an exciting place also. I start seeing an individual over and over again and find out more about them. And I see that they share the same drive that I've had my entire life, then I really want to help them uh, achieve what their dream is. Cause that has been my dream pretty much all along. I mean, I just love it, so. Well, we just had another one of your people that you've been mentoring, a young lady that probably started flying days before she was able to sit in the cockpit of a Learjet in the flight levels, enjoying the uh, scenery. So this is just kind of the uh, thing you do. You're not out there marketing. You're not out there with a sign on your back. You're just out there. And again, you said it, you got to be a kind of a person who shows up and has the passion and the spark. And I can see it. So this new mentoree, tell us a little bit about her. We only got a couple minutes here, but. 
she's my niece. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little prejudiced in this case. And uh, going back about two months, I got a phone call. She was not happy after her first year going to a uh, business major. And she was despondent about it. But a year before, I'd taken her up in the Twin Comanche, and apparently that lit a fuse. I mean, she couldn't get that thinking out of her mind. And she called and said, what do you think I should do, Uncle Randy? And I said, well, I think you should pack your bag and come visit Kay and me long term, and we'll see what we can do about getting you some flight training. And I think maybe she had just soloed, and I knew that you and I were going to have a, a deadhead coming back. So I bought her a ticket down to Phoenix so she could ride the deadhead back. And I think there's a highly motivated and I thank you very much for it, Dave, because it was a unique opportunity for somebody that's just getting introduced into flying to see uh, kind of how the other side of that coin operates. It's a lot of what we see out of people who think that they are owed mentorship. And those are the people that usually don't get mentorship. <laughs> there, then there's a lot of people that you said it and I wrote it down on my notes here that just have the passion, the spark that are people that you can't help mentoring. Does that make sense? Yes, and I actually think those individuals will probably be successful without a mentor because they're that driven. But those are the ones that I find much more interesting to want to help because I believe they're going to succeed and I believe in their dream. Their endpoint, I know, is going to be worth the effort that they're putting into it. So they're worthy of encouragement and help. I mean, I can't help very many of them financially. My own niece, yes. But the others get help with suggestions, rides in my twin Comanche, whatever I can provide that help give them more motivation and let them see how much enjoyment they can have in aviation. Aviation takes a lot of different turns. Like I like flying IFR. I'm pretty much I enjoy it. Some people, like um, a friend of mine, are bored by it. He flies for a major air carrier, but he'd rather fly little airplanes upside down. And uh, I think Dave is kind of that ilk as well. I, I want to stay right side up for the most part. But so there's a lot of different facets to aviation. I mean, you could get into air shows. You may just want to be a VFR guide so you can go up and see what the world looks like from above right on and that's exactly it's good timing we're coming up to the next break we're going to wrap this up we got one more segment with randy two more segments with me david costa renegade aviator if you have somebody with a passion for aviation go grab them by the back of the neck and get them to the radio to listen to this show david costa renegade aviator in the air and on air the renegade aviator combines jet air show performances and this radio show to promote aviation, excellence, overcoming obstacles, and achieving goals. Call David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. Once I get you up there where the air is rarefied, we'll just glide. Questions, comments, suggestions, or inspirational stories, call the Renegade Aviator, dial 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message. Want to listen to all of our shows? Find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you find podcasts. Just search the Renegade Aviator radio show, AV, the number 8R, renegadeaviator.com. Tomorrow, why put it on another day? 
in the air flying his air show jet and on the air with the Renegade Aviator Radio Show. Your host, David Costa. All right, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, talking to Randy Dean, talking about mentoring the next generation, the next generation. So we all like to put people in boxes, and I hate that. Anybody who knows I'm an opinionated guy, I'm somebody who has my own beliefs, but I hate to put people into boxes or into groups. So male, female, white, black, I hate all that. However, there is a shift in the industry. I mean, back when Randy and I were starting out, man, you flew lousy airplanes for a lot of years doing all the worst flying, and then you were lucky enough to get an interview, and then you worked really hard. How is the next group of pilots, whether they're young or old, do you see a difference, Randy, and maybe because the market right now is wide open, because there's such a great opportunity, what have you seen in the current generation of pilots not naming anybody in particular? Well, I've heard from uh, some people that actually hire youngsters for these jobs that oftentimes they will show up for a job interview with more concern about what the job can do for them than what they can do for the employer. And I think that's a big mistake. I mean, I don't think you want to start out by demanding of your employer how many days off you're going to get. If it's the job you want and you really want to fly, people like me and like you, Dave, would take the job and we'd figure it out as we went along. And then if we didn't like it later on, we'd go somewhere else. Absolutely. I think that it's better to present yourself in uh, the manner in which you can help the employer, why you're going to be valued to them and let them see your passion for aviation. Because I think most people that are in aviation share that to a certain extent. And they will be wanting to mentor you by hiring you in a way and to a certain extent if you're that kind of individual. Absolutely. But that's in any walk of life. So you hit the nail on the head. And I'm taking notes with what you're saying, Randy. And it's the passion and the spark. If you don't want to drive down the side of a mountain to go hang at the airport every day, even though you've been flying for 40 <laughs> years, you may be in the wrong job. You've got a decision, ladies and gentlemen. You can do anything you want with your life. But when you're that kind of a person, you're going to know you made the right decision by you want to be there. And by wanting to be there, you're going to meet people like Randy when you walk in the door and we're talking aviation, but it could be literally anything. You also play the, the oboe. I mean, musicians would be the same thing, right? Right. And uh, the reason for that is we can't fly forever. And so it's nice to have something that's that you can be passionate about that is exclusive of aviation. So I find that these two passions basically are enjoyable and keep me busy, keep me out of a lot of trouble. I have to throw in a plug for my wife, Kay. She's put up with all this aviation stuff for years, and she's been very supportive. In fact, uh, two years after I retired, she said, you're not happy because you're not flying. You need to go out and buy an airplane. And so... I really was surprised by that, and uh, she's been incredibly supportive of my career and now my pastime, which is just kind of expensive 
for a family to afford, but she understands the need for it. And so in a way, she supports me. And that's really been helpful. So I end up with a nice twin Comanche as a result. There you go as well. And you're not just sitting there flying yourself. It is fun to mentor people, isn't it? For the right people. Yeah, I get tremendous enjoyment out of it. A person that's going to work for the 737 outfit. I mean, I'm so excited. I want a a day-by-day text almost of how the training is going to be going. And I mean, I'm reliving the experience uh, because I remember when I was standing in those same boots and how I felt it at the time. And I know how exciting it is. It's fun to share in that excitement. And I'm telling you, as I'm talking to Randy, he's smiling as he's saying this. So... If somebody texted me every day with an update, I'm not as good of a mentor. (laughs) I would actually go, oh, my God. But no, this is why I wanted Randy on the show today, because there's people like that. You can spot them when you make eye contact, when you walk in the airport, they will be there. There's some people that are kind of grouchy and kind of know-it-alls. And there's some brand new pilots that are know-it-alls. They've just soloed an airplane and they are the biggest expert known to man and they cannot be coached. They cannot be mentored. It's almost like I watch two magnets because I kind of stand in the back. I kind of watch this at afar and I'll watch. I'll watch Randy kind of look across Somebody will look across and they're having a conversation, right? And that's been your whole career. It's mentoring and networking both because the networking aspect's equally important, I think. It's important for young people to know that the more pilots and people that you meet that may want to mentor you may also be the person that helps you get the job. They may write a recommendation for you. They may find themselves as chief pilot and you already know them. You've got a phone number you can call and talk to this person and he may interview you and and offer you a job. So you never know when you're possibly meeting your next employer. That's part of it. That is true. And everybody talks about networking and people say, I'm not a good networker. I'm not a good this. Stop talking yourself out of it. There's people out there like Randy looking to help you. There's people out there. If you need help in aviation, you can call me 888-366-5256. We will try to help you. Randy, first of all, I want to thank you because you re-inspire me to do this stuff. It's a wake-up call for kind of grouchy guys like me to have (laughs) nice pilots (laughs) that are really, this is a real deal, ladies and gentlemen. This is somebody that is not put out by helping, and I appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, it was a pleasure, Dave. Look forward to our next flight together. All right, let's go. (laughs) All right. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. Be right back. One more segment to go. See ya. are cool. That's why I listen to David Costa, the renegade aviator. So stay right there. We'll be right back.
flying can sometimes be upsetting. Sometimes you have a bad attitude. Don't let this happen to you. Renegade jets can help you recover from an upset. Pilots today simply do not practice the skills required to control the aircraft in all attitudes and within the entire flight envelope. If you're a pilot and want jet upset training in real jet airplanes, call 888-366-5256. So line 888-366-5256. Ask a question, leave a comment. 888-366-5256. Over and over and over again, the same things, the same evidence, the same formulas, people. The process is not difficult. The decisions are what matters. Dreams matter. Passions matter, but they're not enough. The terms mentoring and coaching often get used interchangeably, and this confuses people. Both are similar in someone's development, but they involve very different disciplines and practice. Mentoring consists on focusing on the growth and development of the mentee. The mentor is that source of wisdom, teaching, and strategic direction that beacon of experience. Coaching has a focus on strengthening or eliminating specific behaviors in the here and now. Coaches are there to help you achieve excellence in what you do. You, yes, you, going after your passion, that dream, that wild and crazy goal. You need both a mentor and a coach. Randy Dean is an outstanding mentor. You heard it in his interview today. I tend to lean more towards coaching high performance. Both of us love to give back and help, but in our own unique ways. And guess what? You need both. Take Randy's advice today. Seek out the Randys when you're looking to become a pilot or anything worthwhile doing. If you look around, they will be there. Reach out your hand and introduce yourself. Listen to what they have to say. Take their direction and be grateful. And above all, take responsibility for your actions. They can't do it for you. And a reminder to those of us who've been there, who've done that, we are obligated to give back. We can mentor or we can coach. But all of our experience, all of our hard work, our excellence that was earned means nothing, not a damn thing, unless we're willing to give it back. Let's help someone else with a passion for aviation or a passion for whatever we're passionate about and they're passionate about. Let's help someone else get lucky. This ain't rocket science. So easy that even an aviator can do it.
Looking for some mentoring or coaching? 888-366-5256. I just gave you the number. You know where to find it. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator in the air and on air. See ya. So peace to us.